1: Welcome back. Would it surprise you if I told you? I think it'll surprise some of you if I told you that this podcast is one of Julie and I's favorite things to do every day. We really do love it. And I think the reason we love doing it so much is because we are 100% convinced that we're having a positive impact on the tens of thousands of you that have chosen to have us be part of your normal real estate business lives. And for that, I'll forever be grateful, as will Julie. So, what we're talking about on the podcast in the past few days has been complacency. And hold on, I'm going to bring Julie in. Hola senora.
2: Hola. Hello, Julie. Stabien.
1: Yeah. Hola. Can you hear me? Yes.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: yeah, I can hear you fine. So
2: I yes. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um so we are going to finish out today our seven step proven path to defeat laziness and complacency. So today is part four. Now this is a topic that is broad reaching. It's not just something we can really drill down on because complacency and lazy is uh, you know, we use the word lazy and complacency sort of interchangeably. Most people like to say complacent because it's a little bit more, I don't know, easy on the ego because if you say somebody's uh, lazy, you immediately have this negative reaction. I know for example, like if I find myself slowing into a complacent mode in any of the most important aspects that, um, you know, we always coach agents to be monitoring and that would be Uh, the five areas of life would be spiritual, educational, physical, mental, and financial. So when we're asking um, agents to hold themselves um, responsible or accountable, or they're asking us to help them hold them accountable to specific daily minimum standards and to then obviously those daily minimum standards when held uh, at a high standard, you know, three to five minimum standards per day, those three to five minimum standards accumulate um, through a a positive momentum into the achievement of pretty much anything you set for yourself in life. And I know I just said a bunch of gobbledygook, and some of you don't know how I'm talking about, but you will in a second. Here's the point is it's easy to allow excuses, you know, excuses are just everywhere, but it's easy to allow excuses to creep in and then seduce you into being lazy, okay? So that is a, for example, of uh, somebody like when you allow yourself to say you're too busy. Or you allow yourself to say, well, I've only got so much time in the day. And if you allow yourself to say all the types of things that people say, what happens is there's a negative accumulation that comes from essentially living the lifestyle of there's not enough time in the day, or I'm too busy, or, you know, I don't have time to really focus, uh, you know, pick up the phone and do my lead follow-up and things like that. You see, guys? There's... The accumulation of positive momentum and the accumulation of negative momentum, and it all starts with the acknowledgement of when you're allowing yourself to be lazy. Now, I choose personally when coaching somebody or with myself, frankly, um, to use the word lazy, and I'll tell you why, because it's slightly offensive, isn't it, <laughs> you know? Um If someone were to accuse you of being lazy, so for example, if I were to spend the day with you, or Julia and I were to spend the day with you, and we were to watch you during the day, and we were just to sit there and watch, just taking notes, maybe we're, you know, we we install a a camera on you and watching what you're doing all day. So where would we, uh, you know, if you asked us to be completely honest with you, where would we assess that you are being lazy throughout the day? And, and maybe you're one of these people that loves the excuse that there's not enough time in the day, or one of the other millions of things that people uh, you know have rationalized over time uh, as an excuse to be lazy. Where would we find that you are wasting time? We would find that you are wasting time everywhere. You're wasting time to get too much time to get things started too much you know all the normal things that would take five minutes to get done. you just keep on procrastinating it and procrastinating it and procrastinating it. You're just being lazy. Um, so on a personal note, Julie and I and our family, moved from Texas, and now we're living in Puerto Rico. We did that in the last, I mean, we moved here two weeks ago, basically, and we essentially made the hard decision to leave Texas, and we have a very established life there, and to move to Puerto Rico full-time, we made that decision probably 60 days before we actually moved. The real hard, we're going to do this decision. We were uh, – and it was not an easy thing to do. It was probably one of the biggest changes and transformations we've gone through, I think, in our adult lives. And, you know, as you get older, making big changes is even harder. I will be the first to acknowledge that. And for no reason, you got more crap you got to move and more, you know, complexity you've got to unravel. Yeah. And we had to deal with all that. We did it in a very short period of time. But here's, here's what I'm going to attest. In that 60 days – Julie and I got more done and more done, not just for the sake of moving, but more done for the sake of helping you guys, the business, all the work. So Julie, can you talk to talk about that? The urgency that came from knowing that we'd given ourselves this deadline where it was real deadline of 60 days to essentially move house. And and what, where, what, where did you find as you were forced into this deadline, where did you have to stop being complacent and lazy yourself?
2: Well, I mean, it's not a sexy term, but time management is what comes down to pretty much all of these conversations, right? So elimination of the getting ready to get started to possibly consider a giant move, well, you know, once the decision's made and there's a deadline, now you have to do your checklist, and you've got very little time to do it in. It literally comes down, and we, I talk about this in uh, the treasure map and in Harris Rules, uh, it's a phenomenon that that I call the uh, vacation mode, right? It's the, I've got a ticket. You know, you guys know how you operate. When you've got a plane ticket, you've got a plane to catch this Saturday for vacation or something fun, right? Which you're not going to blow it. You're going to show up. You're excited about it. It's going to take off at 7:18 in the morning, and you've got to have it together by then. Miraculously, doesn't your time management just cure itself? You know it does. All of a sudden, you don't do the things that you don't have to do you get very much in touch with the do it ditch it or delegate it side of you you prioritize the things that lead to profit you eliminate the things that are distractions you stop doing the crap that doesn't matter because you got a plane to catch this Saturday for something fun at 7:18 in the morning it's like a miracle of time management washes over you when when you have these types of deadlines the challenge that everyone has is that you don't always have that self-imposed plane ticket, but you've got to learn to operate as if you do, because you do get a ton more done when you've got that uh, to look forward to, right? So that's why
1: Well, the it's definition a hard of a stop. goal it's a is deadline. a dream
2: with a deadline, right? And that's the difference yep. between a dream and a goal, is that the goal actually has a deadline. And this is where a lot of our listeners fall down, because that's where the... the The rubber meets the road, right? That's where the accountability happens. If you're not willing to give yourself a deadline, it ain't going to happen. I mean, it's been proven time and time again. And all these things are related. Um, You know, I'm doing some research right now for both a new chapter in a, a new book. And yes, I actually said that. So don't, don't give me a deadline yet. I'm not ready yet, speaking of deadlines. But I am um, researching for habits, okay? One of the things that that I'm researching more deeply related to our conversation here and, and the avoidance of complacency is the fact that when people follow a workout routine, when they even do it just three days a week, all of the other things that fall into alignment as a result of that discipline. And it's been really interesting try to follow those breadcrumbs, like why does that happen? And I'm reading a lot of things like psychology today articles and things like this, that there are different parts of your brain that are stimulated from different activities. And that discipline does uh affect a lot of the different parts of your life. Uh but all of it comes down to having some kind of self imposed deadline where you can work backwards and you can find that motivation. So I think that all is related to getting out of complacency. And I, I can segue into our points if you like but you asked
1: (laughs) well so we were we were driving home from taking zoe to her new school um this morning and i always you know julie and i like to do that together you know i don't think zoe really truly appreciates it because she's always very grumpy in the morning (laughs) but we were taking her to her new school this morning and um you know we're making a new routine um and i was telling julie that i feel like i've come personally this, you know, I told you guys I'd give a personal example. I feel like I've become a little unravelled in the last two weeks, right? I mean, understandably. And so, what I told her that I'm going to do is I'm going to get back to holding myself accountable really, really focused in on holding myself accountable to three to five things that I'm going to do every single day. And then, and those are going to be the, mi- the micro goals that I'm going to do every single day. And those are things like, you know, the things like, for example, being gratuitous with the people you love, hugs, kisses, praise, that sort of thing. That's one that all of you should practice. Number two is going to be exercise. Number three are going to be some, you know, four or five. Those are things that are going to be focused on business activities. But those are the things that I'm going to hold myself accountable to every single day. And then I told Julie, I wanted her to hold me accountable to doing those five things every day because I need to get back on track mentally after this big, huge, extraordinary move that we've just done. Um, And that's the way that we always coach our clients to do it as well. And it's, guys, look, Julie and I are not procrastinators. We do not, we are so omnipresent aware of uh, allowing ourselves to be lazy on any aspect of it, but it creeps in in our lives as well. And I'm sure it creeps in as yours too. So I want you guys to acknowledge the fact That There are things right now in your life, many things, that you are allowing yourself to be lazy and complacent on, but you can change it. You can turn things around, and the way to do it is always through little micro steps, and we're going to talk about that on on today's podcast. Before we do, I wanted to remind all of you who are looking to move forward and break out of complacency finally to request a free coaching call. The easiest way for you to do that is just text the word HARRIS, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris. H-A-R-R-I-S to 31996 and when you do yes you're going to get a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches look forward to that but you're also going to get six free books including the book Julie just touched on earlier which is the real estate treasure map the Real Estate Treasure Map is your fill-in-the-blank business and life goal uh, plan, and that's the exact same plan that all of our top coaching clients around the country use every single year to get themselves back on track. And the, the nice thing about the way that we've created um, Real Estate Treasure Map, it's one of the things that you guys seem to love the most, by the way. We get the most you know, gratitude about that, is that when you do it with your family, it becomes a real thing. And when then you make it part of your family's DNA, having these specific familial goals, personal and family goals, and then all of a sudden, things start changing your life at a more rapid pace than you could possibly imagine in a positive way. But it really does take uh, real effort sometimes to start with the acceptance that the word is lazy. And if you're being lazy with the things that you know you should not be lazy with in your life, you can stop being lazy. Accept the word lazy because it's slightly obnoxious, because it's slightly offensive. And, when you feel that offense, ask yourself, why am I feeling offended? Because, you know, I know I'm being lazy or because Tim called me lazy. And the funny thing on the other side of that is because you are being lazy and you're just your ego is just trying to protect itself from acknowledging the fact that it's been lazy. Convoluted, I know, but just, you know, ask yourself, are you being lazy about your physical routine, your financial routine? Are you being lazy about your lead follow-up? Or are you being lazy about learning how to prospect? Are you being lazy about learning how to proactively lead generate? Where are you being lazy? And then write that list down, and then, look, if you guys want a free coaching call, just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996, Harris to 31996. And like I said, you will be given um, six free books in addition to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. So, Julie, let's jump in, and let's try to finish off these points today.
2: Okay, so we've talked about what it is. Now we're going to talk about what to do about it. So step number one, admit you have a problem like you said, actually call it lazy. So ignoring complacency actually makes you more complacent. What happens when you stop mowing your lawn? Does it resolve itself, or does it turn into corn and snakes? Okay, you can't think about anything. I always think about, uh, you know, when I was making dog food for our our French bulldogs, and I would uh, make it out of sweet potatoes. So occasionally, I'd forget that there were some in the uh, pantry. What happens? Well, they either turn to mush. Or they start, uh, you know, branching out and getting all weird. Leaving stuff alone generally does not improve it, okay? So admit that you have a problem. Decide that you're not going to allow it to get worse. Point number two we just touched on quite a bit. Actually set goals. Use the treasure map to figure out what's most important to you in the five most important areas of life. Tim rattled them off a few minutes ago, but I don't know if you wrote them down. Family, financial, physical, educational, and spiritual. A goal is a dream with an action plan. It's not just a thought that comes and goes. You've got to have that deadline, and the treasure map really drills down a lot on that. Number three, come to terms with your actual finances. What's it cost to keep the lights on, and what's it cost to fulfill your goals? Actually define it. Again, the treasure map helps a lot with this. Being financially complacent, I think that – it's easier when the market is good, because even if it's taking a little bit longer to sell houses, they're still probably going to sell, and it's easy to ignore your finances when you're doing pretty well. You can have some mistakes going on it It's always interesting from a coaching standpoint when we ask people when they're working on the treasure map, whether that's in premier coaching or with our elite coaching clients, you know what's it cost you to live every month? Most people I think guesstimate and are probably about 70% correct. And then when they actually have to do the treasure map, I've seen both ways. I've seen uh, it be a little bit less than what they thought, and I've seen it be massively more than what they really thought, when you deep dive into your checkbook and your credit cards and all of your different things. But hiding out from your finances, that's financial complacency. And then a little hiccup in the market, and what happens? You get your butt kicked. So be careful with this one come to terms with it, set some specific goals. And again, we drill down on this a lot. It's not enough to say, my goal is to save more money. Well, how much? And why is it that amount? Is that six months of reserves? Is it six years of reserves? Is it because you've got everything else paid off in your life? I just hung up with somebody that has no debt except for houses, and two out of three of them are cash flowing, okay? One of them she lives in, the other two are vacation rentals. So her goals are going to be different, than somebody who is still paying off high interest rate credit cards, for example. But not knowing is complacency. So, point number four, because we're going to try and give you guys a lot of action steps today. Understand where your real estate business actually comes from. People you know and people you don't know. Understand the spokes in the wheel concept and stop praying to the real estate gods to rain leads on you or buying leads. Have an actual business plan. And luck is not a plan. Somehow it just all miraculously works out and I get that extra closing every month that allows me to save a little. Okay. That's not a business plan. That's luck. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? I'm kind of raining action steps on them.
1: We're going to, so we're going to do a series of podcasts. Julie and I started writing it this morning, actually, about how to prepare yourself in the event that some of these you know negative market prognosticators are correct, that we're going to be in a recession next year. Who knows if it's correct or not? I have no idea. We'll guess we'll have to find out. But we're going to do a series of podcasts on that. And the number one thing I promise you we're going to drill down on, it's why it's really absolutely critical that you stop buying leads. Because what happens in the market reaction, if you're so dependent on buying leads, you're going to go out of business instantaneously because you don't know how to proactively lead generate. And I'll, I'm going to throw this on too, and I know this is a bit of a, an affront to somebody's, you know, people's religious approach to this particular topic. But if you're in a situation where you're just essentially doing your whole business based on centers of influence and past clients, and you have no other lead generation spoke, you're also going to suffer. And we're going to explain to you in great detail next week, Uh, Why specifically, essentially buying leads and and all that stuff has a place in your business? Maybe, not necessarily, but it might. But it's not one of the primary things you should be focused on now because in the event of a market correction, those things that you guys run to in a strong seller's market, they don't work. They just straight up don't work. And I know those of you who have not been in the business long enough, I'm not trying to be condescending, I'm just being honest with you. You don't understand what I'm telling you. You clearly some of you guys get so impassioned about centers of influence and in past client marketing or you know buying leads. You're just so it's like a thing you're going to, you know, defend till the end of the day. But the reality of it is is you've not lived through a cycle where the market, nature of the market and how buyers and sellers act and react. That once that happens and if you don't know how to proactively lead generate, you will be wiped out. Um, And look, guys, it's happened. It's very predictable. and So we're going to get really drilled down into the details about what you must be doing or at least consider doing in preparation for a market shift that might be happening sometime in the future. By the way, kind of inevitable, maybe already happening right now. I read an article this morning about negative interest rates. I haven't read a negative interest rate article since 2008. It was on Bloomberg in case you want to read it yourself. And uh, in case you guys don't know what negative interest rates are, it's where you literally have to pay the bank to keep your money in the bank. That's a negative interest rate. So they're starting to, you know, float these wild articles about maybe doom and gloom is going to return, and uh, yeah, it's our job to make sure you guys are prepared. Next point, Julie.
2: Yes. So, well, I mean, that's a form of complacency or laziness. Buying leads is financial complacency. A listing agent and knowing your magic number. Your magic number is the number of listings you must maintain at all times. Active listings in order to meet or exceed your financial goals, which means you have financial goals, which means you did the treasure map. See how all these things are connected? So become a powerful listing agent. Know your magic number. Listing agents rule the market. That is a fact. And I mean, I can argue that fact, but anybody who's been paying attention to the podcast should know why that is. Listing agents rule the market. Point number six, be okay having to compete. Don't be weird about being competitive. Polish your pre-listing package, your listing presentation, even your buyer's presentation. Be the best at what you do. Read Harris Rules to know what this means. We have specific chapters on how to be the best at all of these things. And, yes, it's true. I've I've had probably two or three different um, instances with coaching clients in the past week where they're even competing for buyers. You guys get so mad. When you thought that that buyer was committed to you, and then they go and buy with somebody else, well, that's, that's even worse than being afraid to compete on listings, right? That's like kind of bottom of the barrel type, getting mad about things. So don't be complacent. Don't be lazy about knowing how to compete. I, I get this sense from, it's like a certain type or a genre of agent that doesn't like to compete because it's like they're afraid of being found out what skill they don't have, right? Uh, I had a a client tell me coaching clients, so he's taking action, he's doing something about it, but he said, you know, one of the reasons that I I signed up for Premier Coaching is I found myself at a listing presentation for more than two and a half hours and I didn't know what to do so I just overpriced it and cut my commission to get the heck out of there. Okay, Well, (laughs) that's some admission to needing skill, isn't it? I mean, he still took the listing, But that's really not the ideal situation, is it? So be okay having to compete, learning how to compete, learning how to win, and stop being weird about it. That's a lot of what we do in coaching, actually. Uh, Point number seven, get some help. We coach superstars. It is not the halfway house for wayward agents. Mediocrity is not your goal. Be the best so you can meet and exceed your wildest dreams. In the process, you're going to help your clients do the same. Remember the correlation between what you have in life, it is directly related to your ability to help enough people to get paid for you to be able to meet or exceed your own goals. You can't do that if you're not helping other people meet or exceed their goals. So I think it's a quote from you, Tim. If you haven't yet become fantastically wealthy, you simply haven't figured out how to help the most people at the highest level. You can do that, but you've got to take action. You've got to implement and remember, it's okay to earn while you learn. You never have to be super perfect at anything in real estate in order to do a great job for your clients, to move yourself forward. You know, it, it drives me crazy sometimes people that are like, oh, I, you know, I've got to do 20 more hours studying my scripts before I'll go talk to a real prospect. Well, you know what? They don't have a copy of your script. It's okay if you screw up a few words here and there. It's not okay not to try. So that's well, end I, of my I might tag something onto that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I might tag something onto that, Joy, because I see this happening with our coaching clients too. Is they'll start, they'll post on our. One of the things you get when you join Premier Coaching is you get access to our private. Facebook page where not all, but most of our members will participate. They exchange referrals and all this other good stuff. And then you'll see occasionally, it's almost always a new member who will say, I'm looking for a role play partner. And then I always wonder to myself, what happens if you don't find a role play partner? You know, what happens if there's and, and then the role play partner has to be in your time zone, has to match up to you you're scheduled right. perfectly. Has have to also be wanting to learn the expired script, bet, 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 bet. I see you guys doing that on the private Facebook page. Really what you're doing is you're being lazy and you're procrastinating because you're saying, I'm not going to start prospecting. I'm not going to start making myself uncomfortable learning a new skill that I know I better sure as hell learn before the market changes. You're not going to do yeah. it unless you can find a role play partner. That's your excuse. Well, if you're, here, they're here already to making tell it you somebody else's t- fault. That's right. Exactly. And then you'll say, well, nobody wants to be my role play partner. And I'm in the Pacific time zone because I'm living on some island. And, you know, no one evidently is in my time zone. So I don't have a role play partner. I'll never have to learn how to procrastinate. I'm sorry. I never have to learn how to prospect. So here's the point. Learn by doing. Get on the phone. To sell. You'll be terrible for your first few times. Here's the power of being really crappy at something when you start doing it. The pain of the failure will cause you to, eat A, run and hide, or, B, cause you to really want to get better faster so that you don't have to suck any longer and so that you don't experience that same pain again. I'll suggest to all of you, the mindset of champions is embracing the pain of the failure so that you'll learn from it. That's the damn point of experiencing pain, folks. To make it so you don't want to experience it again some of you spend your entire lives trying to avoid discomfort trying to just be comfortable just do what's easy i'm going to do my facebook stuff i'm going to do my social network stuff i'm going to do my centers of influence stuff i'm never going to make myself uncomfortable with anything how many of you don't verbalize it like that but that's how you actually exist how's that working out for you how could it work out for you if you were just to embrace the philosophy what i just shared with you Look for things that make you uncomfortable, because ironically enough, those are generally speaking, the things that you're avoiding the most are almost always where you're you're going to get the best growth, the most bang for your buck in your life. Think about what I just shared with you guys. It's so true. Whatever you're avoiding the most is where the growth needs to be. I didn't say that originally, Jolene. I got that from somebody else. I don't remember who. Um, if any of you remember, please text me. I'd appreciate it. 512-758-0206. So here's the bottom line, guys. Are you complacency? Of course you are. We all are in some ways. And, and here's the thing. Here's how I want to round out today's show. You might be complacent in areas that it does not matter. Okay. You can be complacent in some aspects, and it just does not matter. It's the truth. If you're trying to essentially really work on your business skills, really get your finances together, really work on essentially being a successful real estate entrepreneur, a successful business owner, and you're putting all your best efforts into that specific task, and you're maybe letting the ball get by you in other categories, who cares? Let it go. Because the reality of it is, and sometimes that's the level of focus you need to have. Now, I know that's, you're going to say, well, Tim, how's that in alignment with what you guys have just been telling us the past few days about being complacent? Because in some, t- in some cases, it's better. For example, here's the thing I'll ch- I share with all new agents because I know no one else is going to tell them this, so I always tell them this. Here, new agent, here's what I want you to just focus on getting good at, listing houses. That's it. If you never get good at working with buyers, never get good listing houses and negotiating, that means you're gonna have to learn how to proactively lead generate. You're gonna have to learn how to pre-qualify. You're gonna have to learn how to present. You're gonna have to learn how to uh, you know negotiate contracts and close deals. If you just do those five things and you do those at the highest level. You can be terrible at everything else. You can be complacent at everything else because everything else is easily delegated. The things I'm having and I want you to consider prescribing to yourself are the things that are going to earn you the most amount of money the fastest and they're also the things in real estate that give you leverage. Working with buyers does not give you leverage. Working with sellers gives you leverage. So these are the types of thoughts that maybe you should consider adopting into your own business because it will have a profound effect. It's going to put you in a position to help the most people the fastest and make the mo- most amount of net profit and with that net profit you can become rich rich is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money oh by the way i'm working on another show um, and this is uh, i'm going to really make this a drill down show and here's the consent here's what the summary of, uh, of the show is going to be you have a moral obligation to be rich that's going to be an upcoming podcast we're looking forward to that one so listen guys if you want to get a hold of me at any time And a lot of you guys know that Julie and I are working with eXp Realty. If you want to talk about eXp Realty with me directly, just text me directly, 512-758-0206. Obviously, a lot of you guys want to take action and make this, you still have months left, make this a fantastic year for yourself, and you want to learn more about our coaching program, the easiest way to do it is just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996 and when you do you're going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches and receive six free books so in the meantime guys if you need julie and i for anything you can text me directly at 512-758-0206 have a fantastic day and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow
0: this program has been a presentation by tim and julie harris real estate coaching for more information on our real estate coaching and training programs